What's up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm your host, Jackson Filio, joined today by Chris Gehring of WashingtonWizards.com. We have an interview later in this episode with Bullets legend Jeff Malone, and we're going to preview a little bit of the four-game road trip coming up. But uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on a big win last night against Brooklyn. Uh, crazy final minute. The game was back and forth the whole time. Uh, Bradley Beal kind of dominates those, the final two minutes, and Jerome Robinson is the one that comes up big and, and has his first big moment with the Wizards. Yeah, it was it, it was a I, – I think the Wizards really needed to win this game. I think it felt good for the team to get one when they really had to battle. They had to fight for it again. He went down to the wire. Bradley Beal was outstanding again down the stretch. He had a little bit of a slower start to the game. But he was – I mean, he has been – this team's rock, the go-to, all of those things, um, especially recently. We talked about the back-to-back 50-plus point games already. He has been unbelievable, and he really kept it going. He stepped up again. And, you know, at the end of the day, what this is all about this year, growing as a team, getting guys in big moments to just get used to that feeling, get used to playing together. A lot of this roster is going to be together again next season. And you see Jerome Robinson get that opportunity and hit the shot as, as a brand-new player on this team almost. So, it was a really great moment for the team overall. You could tell post game, just a really good lift, and it's exactly what you want when you need to go out on the road, especially when you head on the West Coast. It's a long trip. It's it's hard to go east to west. We've seen that with a lot of teams, not just the Wizards over the years. So, uh, really good boost for them, and a, and a great way to head out to head out to Utah. Yeah, Robinson had shown flashes in his first couple weeks with the team, but that was a, a really big moment for him and it was cool to see the teammates celebrate around him we mentioned brad 16 straight games with 25 plus points that's one shy of the franchise record uh walt bellamy currently holds at 17 games we'll see if he can get that uh starting this week on the road trip um it's a four game trip out west the team had one other four game west coast road trip earlier this season um i I would say this is the slightly easier of the two the previous one included the the double stop in los angeles and a game against denver um this weekend's trip starts Friday against Utah, Sunday, Golden State, uh, and then a Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back against Sacramento and Portland. There's definitely some opportunities to get some wins, but no real walkovers. Had, had we had we looked at this schedule a week ago and seen the Golden State Warriors there, now the, the Wizards, we should note, lost to the Warriors earlier this season, so not to imply that that's a gimme, but that, that was the one, and uh, it is no longer the one. That is now Steph Curry's return game. Yeah, we're, we're assuming it'll still be Steph Curry's return game. It's going to be a uh, certainly, I'm sure, the atmosphere at that brand new arena, seeing Steph back. Uh, it'll be fun. It's always a great atmosphere when you go to Golden State over the last however many years. It's it's an electric place. I am excited to get the report from Rosen on that new arena. It looks unbelievable. So all those things together, it'll make for an exciting game. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. I think... Those are the kind of games that, from our perspective as the visitors, that's something that you get up for, that you're ready for. I think the Wizards will be ready for it as well. Uh, but talking about Utah, yeah, they've, they've lost four straight going into play on Thursday. Uh, the Wizards will be their next game. So they'll have lost four straight going into that game. The, the normal characters, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Mike Conley has been moved to the bench in utah so it's just an interesting time to catch them but a trip to utah historically has not been kind to the wizards so we will we'll see how it goes it's a great test they're a playoff team a bona fide playoff team in the west for sure and a great challenge obviously they 
play a brand of basketball that when they're playing well, it's very, very difficult to crack them. They can play good defense, and um, obviously they have some budding stars. Gobert is another one, obviously, we have to mention. So a good test to start the road trip, and we'll just we'll see how it goes if we kick it off. Yeah, it's been a really weird season for the Jazz. They start the year 13-11, and 11, then go on that unbelievable stretch. They won 19 of 21, then lost five straight, then won four straight, and now they're on another four-game losing streak. Uh, consistency has been their real Achilles heel I guess I should say um, this season they have the pieces um, at their best they're one of the best teams in the league um, but but for them it's just it's about patching it together now they've had a lot of success against the Wizards in recent paths we mentioned streaks they've won eight straight against the Wizards um, but you know if the Wizards show up and bring their A game and can score if they can shoot over Gobert I think that's that's the key they have they have so much size and uh, you know defensive strength in, in the paint if the Wizards can hit from the perimeter uh you know they have a chance against the jazz and then as we mentioned sunday golden state uh stephen curry making his return is not the only major difference that the wizards uh will see the, the warriors uh like the wizards were were pretty active on trade deadline day um also acquired andrew wiggins that'll be the, the wizards first look at wiggins and warriors uniform uh warriors also sent out alec burks and glenn robinson the third two guys that combined for 52 uh, in in the Wizards matchup uh, earlier this season, so um, it will be a very 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 different look on a number of levels uh, for the Wizards when they take on the Warriors Sunday. Um, we, we touched on that. We don't need to go any deeper on, on, on that Warriors team. It's it's a, I mean it's hard to predict. It, it's it's a completely it's a completely different team. You're you're revisiting uh, you know bits and pieces of, of that team's past with with a with a different spin. Um, and then Tuesday night, Sacramento. Uh, who's been been playing well as of late they too like utah have been pretty inconsistent this year for their problem has just been stringing games together um but when they're at their best with with their their guard duo of buddy healed De'Aaron fox they're tough to slow down yeah the two of them have been playing well they've won three straight including wins against the clippers and the grizzlies those are not easy ones to get um so yeah going into this week they're they're hot coming into this week again at that point on the trip you just never know where you're at um, it can be a, it can be a long trip when you're out there for a while on the road. So a tough a tough test, a tough place to win for sure. Tough young team to win against that is hungry. They have their core with them. Um, so yeah, they're they're trying to build for sure in Sacramento, and they'll they won't be an easy out. It'll be a it'll be a good test for the Wizards in Sacramento. Yeah, and that one's the first of a back to back. They played just the following night, Wednesday night, uh, in Portland to close out that road trip. Uh, Portland is tough to get a read on recently. Um, you know they had been a theme of a lot of the teams that we're playing here on this road trip. It's just up and down, back and forth, but uh, especially different for Portland recently. They've been without uh, Damian Lillard for the last three games, um, one and two in those games. They've lost four of their last five. Uh, Lillard, as I mentioned, is out groin strain with him. He, he's expected to be back in time for the game against the Wizards, but that's not definite. It was reported by the Athletic earlier this week uh, that he was expected to miss, quote, a couple more games. I think the uh, Blazers have three before the next Wizards game. So, um, like I said, expected but not definite that Lillard is back on the court. If he's not, C.J. McCollum has uh, carried the offensive load for them. 32 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds a game uh, in the time that Lillard has been out. And that, that's, I think, what makes Portland special is they've got a couple guys that they can throw at you. Yeah, the, the CJ is a dynamic player, and getting that added usage, I know that we'll hear Jeff, we'll hear from Jeff Malone. He talks about Dame and CJ and John and Brad, 
it's it's been a similar effect on CJ without Dame. Um, he's picked up that slack. He's distributed very well. He's shown that there's a lot to his game, and I think everybody knew that. I think everybody's known that C.J. McCollum is an all-star caliber player in any given year, uh, but he has stepped up, and, and Portland has needed it. They've had a they've had a tough year in in Portland, and so they're they're still grinding. They're still trying to figure it out, and obviously, if Lillard's back, that that adds a tremendous challenge, and we'll just have to see. All right, Wizards fans. Well, as we mentioned, uh, coming up next, we have an interview with Bullets legend Jeff Malone. All right, Wizards fans, we are joined now by Jeff Malone, a Bullets legend, 13 years in the NBA, the first seven of which came with the Bullets. Uh, this past weekend, Bradley Beal, in a 53-point performance against the Chicago Bulls, supplanted Jeff uh, for second place on the, the team's all-time scoring list. Jeff, that, that record of yours, or your second-place standing, I should say, stood for 30 years. Um, it's a long time. Uh, in, in in today's game, with scoring yeah. the way it is, and with how many talented players there are in the league over the last ten or twenty years, however many it is, did it surprise you that it stood for as long as it did? Uh, yes, it did. You know, I mean, uh, you definitely look at today's game with the guys shooting the threes, and, and uh, you know, it's a different. You know, I don't like to sound too old school, but you know, hand checking guys. The offense is a lot different than when we played. It was much more physical, so I was proud of that. And uh, and it couldn't have been broken by a better, you know, player. And then we played the same position. Bradley, you know, Bill getting it. You know, I'm a big fan of his, and and congratulations to him. And uh, but it did take him eight years. Though. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I know, I know, but I think the games he was uh, right around the same amount of games. So, but congratulations to Bradley. Too. He's a great player. He should have made the All Star team this year. I, I think we agree. When you when you yeah. watch Brad and, and and see him play over the last few years, what is it that he does that's so special that put him in this place? Well, he can score a lot of different ways. I mean, he moves without the ball. He down screens. He can ISO. And you know, he's a lot more athletic than I was. And but. I think he's a versatile guard. You know, I I got some friends that we always used to compare the backcourt of John and Brad to Damian and McCollum. So we used to always and I always used to pick John and Brad. You know, so but he just he just a you know with John being out, he's really showed what he's all about. And I think uh, you you know if you guys keep building, I think uh, you know he's going to be definitely a superstar, and you guys can build around him. When you when you look at how they've had to grow as players and how the league is the league's changed since they came yes. into the league for sure. But from yeah. when you you entered the league in the eighty three eighty four season, I know that there's 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 too many differences to to count. But what? How have you seen them kind of grow with the game um, as you had to? How how did the game change from your first year eighty three eighty four? Your last season was ninety five ninety six. What were yeah, what were yeah. what were those like changing tides? That was a big period for the league. Yeah, yeah. Well, we when I came in, I remember we used to do it. We had some great big men. You know, I had a chance to get Kareem Moses, uh, Jeff Ruland, and just Bob Lanier. So I got a chance to see some of the really older school guys who I watched on TV. And as we moved along, I, I think toward the end, I did talk to one one of my coaches said, Jeff, you need to start working on your threes. And, you know, it was kind of late, though. And uh, the, the game just started kind of trying to speed up a little bit and, and get more shots on the basket. But... Uh, I just think now it's just a, you know, it's a high pick and roll and ISO and you know, you guys get a chance to watch the Rockets play. It's just a totally different game than we played at this uh you know, we used to post, cut off the post and different things like that and, and I I kinda missed a little bit saying big men 
with most moves. I mean, the, the Kevin McHale's and uh, the Barclays, and I played with the mailman. You know, it's just, I missed that a little bit about the game, but uh, it's this whole, I think last, the other night, he shot 53, so last night, the Warriors was nice, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. I like it, but it's just, it's just a lot of three-point shooting now. Yeah, there's a lot of shooting these days. Houston is on a, a completely different level. It's really interesting to, <laughs> to watch the things yeah, they, that they're doing, especially yeah, the second the half ball, of the season. They got this small ball thing going. Now, that's going to be intriguing and interesting to see how that works out in the playoffs. And when teams have a chance to sit there and watch you a little bit, and, uh, you know, you have to play the same team over and over. But, I mean, on a nightly basis, they could be really tough to deal with, on, you know, trying to guard them. I know people say you could post them up, but see – the advantage they have they don't have posted guys who can post up anymore so yeah. it's really a big advantage to Houston so yeah. you, you say you miss seeing some of the big men dominate yeah. in the post but but you were a guard do you do you ever wish you got a chance to play in an NBA where this up and down this fast pace shooting the way they do these well, days I, I think of a shooter I would have enjoyed both uh, the one thing I would have had to work on was my three-point shooting I shot a few threes but I wasn't as consistent and because I was trying to be most efficient and shoot a high percentage, but I think with the new analytics, and I understand they uh, it ain't about percentage no more. You just get shots up, I think, and you want to hit them. But you know, you look at a lot of these guys' percentage, man. They you know 42, 43, and I was trying to stay around 47, 48 if I could. So, but I think now I would have made the adjustment and had to you know, spot up, and you know, it's not a lot of. Uh, picking and downstream, and I just got stand behind the line, and one guy creates for you, and they kick it out to you, and make a three. So, but there's some guys who still play the mid range. I like Kawhi Leonard. I love watching him play with his mid range game. I think he, he still does a great job of that. Is there a guy in in today's game that you see and compare to yourself a little bit? Okay, well, but Bradley's one. I look at what Bradley does. CJ McCollum, and, you know, anything, you know, a JJ Redick. I still like guys to come off down screens because that's nice. So anytime I see a team with a two guard, like okay, a Clay Thompson come off screens, catch and shoot, I, I think it's a beauty and it's an art form in that that's still exciting for me to watch. And I think uh, it's still a nice place in the game for that when you got those kind of guys who can come off and shoot like that. And speak, we, there's so much talk about the mid range game and where it, where its place is in the NBA, but one place that it has always been, and we'll see it again this year come April is the playoffs. And, and exactly. I, I know that we've heard Brad talk about it a lot, about how, you know, at some point in the playoffs, in in certain situations, you need a bucket, and you're, yes, getting, yes. It, you're getting it however you get it open. Um, right. You played in the playoffs, obviously, as well as a player many times, many seasons. That, di- that difference is real, right? When you get to the playoffs yeah. and things shrink and teams know each other so yeah. intimately that way. Well, that, 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 you're making a great point. That because... That's when the baskets are. You need those baskets, and, uh, and you know, I just you know, you watch a lot of people with the analytics of getting. They think everybody needs to shoot threes. I think if you have four or five guys who can make the three effectively, and we've had two or three guys with mid range, just like Zion right now. He's, I know they want him to do that, but he's so effective with what he does, and I know he's, he can still improve on that as years come. This guy's definitely about 28, 27 over the last six or seven with no three-point shooting. So I think it's a place for that, especially, like you say, when the game get conduced and slowed down. You got to take a big shot and make it in a high percentage shot sometimes. It's good to have those threes, but when it's under five minutes and you're going down the stretch, it's just like we talk about the big man. Like, we had a Kareem. That's guy who comes into play, not just on three-point shooting. So I think that's where some teams have a problem in games when they just – outshoot themselves and then you have a team that's efficient in the, the mid-range mid, mid slash three 
I think those teams with good defense gonna you'll find those teams gonna win more than just shooting threes all night. So we mentioned Brad moves up the list on Sunday. It, it felt for a while, and we've seen him play for years now. It felt like he's been on this trajectory. We've we've yeah. he's just getting warmed up. He's just entering his prime. It feels like um, we've known that he was going to climb. John is sitting there yeah. just two spots behind him on the right. list now. When you look at what these two guys can do when they're back together and healthy and playing at, at full force and where they can land in Wizards history together, um, what do you see there? Well, I think they'll be one of the time great backcourses. You know, and I think John's on the contract for the next three, four years or whatever. And I think you guys locked him in. So, I mean, I tell you, when I speak with my friends, when we talk backcourts, I mean, we always name, you know, we go Steph and Clay always first. But we always talk about John and Bradley. If they, you know, if they keep their trajectory. And then, you know, winning's going to help too. I think, you know, once you guys get this thing turned around and they start to get a little bit of national exposure with the winning and the more, you know, I think that really helped them and you'll start to notice because, you know, I think around the league people know what they can do but I think once you guys change turn that corner, it'll be a lot it'll get more notoriety from a lot of the casual fans and people like that. I, I wanted to ask you too, you, you came into the league, I'm looking at these all-rookie teams of which you were on one of them. I'm looking at these all-rookie teams that came in right around the same couple years and, and the names that you came into the league with, if you give it a two- or three-year span, Ewing, Malone, Lajuan, Barkley, Jordan, the era that you played in, who are, who are some of the players? I mean, we know the greats of all the like the upper pantheon of that era, but who are, who are the, the players that you had really fond memories of either playing with or against from that era? It's always just so interesting when we get to ask about those, those times where we, we didn't watch as much. Yeah, well, at my position, uh, Mike was, you know, the guy. And he came in a year behind me, I think. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, playing against him for about 10, 11 years, I mean, that was a it was a beautiful thing. You know, we had some battles, and, you know, and, and, you know, and I'm going to go back to some guys who were a little bit ahead of me. Rolando Blackman, uh, uh, Clyde Drexler, Ellis, I mean, Byron Scott. So, like you say, and I ran into some of the older guys when I first got in. I had Dr. J move to the two guard. World be free. Just going back a little bit with some of those guys. Otis Birdsong, Andrew Tony. So, at, at, at that time, you know, and another difference we did, like when you look at games now, you'll see guys that crisscross with the defense. You have this guy guarding this guy. And we actually had to guard our position. You know, I, it's very rare that I was a two guard. I got to three. If I had to go out Joe Dumas or Reggie Miller or a Drexler, that's what, that was my guy. But now you see guys, they, you know, you, you put different guys like the other night. I tried Drew, Drew Holiday trying to go out LeBron. And I was like, wow. You know, it's just, you know, but we we really stayed with our guy. You know, so it was just, it was, it was just a different time. It was a more physical time. And, but, I, but it was some great, great two guards, I think, when I came through the pipe that I really, really, you know, started to enjoy, you know, competing against. Yeah, Chris mentions you guys all coming in together as young players. You made the All-Star team in your third season in the league. That's a that's a pretty ridiculous pace to, to get to that point. I think the league is starting to see some other instances of that when you look at some of the young stars in the league, whether it's Zion, as we mentioned, John Morant, yeah. Luka Doncic, yeah. Trey Young. Yeah. What, what do you what does it take to be one of those young guys to reach that point that fast? Well, you know, I look at Trey Young. I mean, I think a lot of people didn't think he should start it, but I mean, but like these players now, you know, they play in this AAU and 
year round and the way they're taking care of themselves. These guys are, I thought, like I told you at the beginning of when we started to speak about the young guys, I, I'm very impressed with a crew of young guys that coming in this league and how they think. I think, you know, they, they, these guys are effective. And, you know, Tatum from Boston, I watched him play the last two or three games. He, I think he's getting ready to take off and ascend to a different level. So, it just these guys are ready. They come in and they, and they they look good, you know. And then they growing up and they, you know, they they, they they listen to the veteran guys and they get better each year. So I think it's going to be a great great future for this league. Yeah, it's interesting to see, especially you mentioned guys like Tatum and Luca and Zion and stuff like that. These guys yeah. that kind of play the positionless basketball. I'm not sure Trey fits into that mold. He's a pretty, he's not the pure point guard that you you imagine from years past. But these guys, right. there's so much versatility in the league triple doubles yeah, all over the place and, and guys right. doing things at, at sizes like Zion that you don't normally see. Yeah, Luca, I forgot you with him. He's, uh, he's one of my favorite guys to watch. Now, I, I watch basketball, but when it comes to just, you know, I'm a big LeBron guy and I love Steph and Clay when they're playing, but Luca, man, he's really, I mean, I'm, I'm very impressed with him. And J.J. Moran and, uh, you know, Memphis, you know, I, like last year, you know, I never watched Memphis, but this year when they're on, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a look at them, you know, because of them. So I think those guys, as, a, as an older guy, they keep me uh, watching the game just to see their development and how they're playing and just to kind of get to know them a little bit. So it's a beautiful thing. Jeff, we'll get you out of here on one more. I know you're a huge fan of the league and, and, and watch it as a whole. Obviously, we got maybe two months and change or so before we get to playoff basketball. I wanted to just get your... Get your thoughts. You watch the league all the time. What What are your thoughts on the league as a whole? Um, as we get to the playoffs, who who who's your eye on, and and why are why are they different than the others? Okay, now it's great. The league is in a beautiful place. I think. I think with the older guys, if you want to call them older, LeBron looks like he's in his fifth year, if you want to say that. But when you go with the Durants and all the guys who've been around and Kawhi, and then you come with the young generation behind them, I think it's in a great place. And I'm gonna make a pick. Eastern Conference Finals, I'm going with Milwaukee and Boston. West, I'm going with Clipper Lakers. And, and then and, I'm going to come out of that with Milwaukee and the Clippers right now. But I do have the right to change my mind. Call me back right before the playoffs. That sounds good. <laughs> we can do that. All right. We'll hold you to that. All right, Wizards fans, okay. you heard the picks. It's final. Jeff Malone, he, he's leaving some wiggle room open. He, he might want to change it later down the line. But. Uh, yeah, call me, call me the last week of the season. Let's, let's catch up. But I, I do think, uh, you know, I, I like those four teams right now. I really think those four teams may have a shot at it, you know, may have a shot at it. Definitely. I think the fun thing is there's there's a handful of teams that could all be thrown into that that same That's level true. of competition, which isn't That's necessarily uh, or hadn't necessarily been the case for the last few years. But, uh, Jeff, thanks so much for taking the time. Right. This was really fun, especially, uh, you know, surrounding a pretty important point in Wizards history. It was nice of you to join us. All right, Wizards fans, that will do it for us today. A couple notes before we go. The Capital City Go-Go are on the road this weekend looking to stay hot. They lost their last outing against Maine, but had won six straight prior to that and are back now in the playoff picture. Uh, They return home on Monday at 7 against the Delaware Bluecoats at Entertainment and Sports Arena. We touched on it earlier in the episode, but the Wizards' upcoming schedule, Friday night at Utah, Sunday night at Golden State, Tuesday night at Sacramento, close out the road trip Wednesday night at Portland. Uh, The Wizards return home Friday, March 6th, hosting the Hawks at 7, and that game will actually be a continuation of uh, the the Wizards' weekends uh, that we've had here over the course of this season and uh, a continuation of a really fun series of giveaways that we've done that night. 
against the Hawks. The first 10,000 fans are going to receive a Wizards-branded fanny pack uh, on March 8th. The first 5,000 fans are going to receive a Wizards-branded Rubik's Cube with uh, the faces of a number of the different players and logos uh, on that Rubik's Cube. Um, March 15th, uh, the first 5,000 fans will receive a glass beer stein on German Heritage Night, which I think is... Fitting, on March 21st, glow-in-the-dark Latvian laser Davis Bertansak to the first 10,000 fans in attendance. Uh, on March 25th, a Rui Hachimura bobblehead to the first 10,000 fans as part of the celebration of the National Cherry Blossom Festival night. On March 28th, the John Wall phone wallet to the first 10,000 fans on another Saturday night in the district celebration. Uh, and then as a part of Marvel Night, uh, on April 3rd, the Black Panther-inspired Bradley Beal bobblehead will be distributed to the first 10,000 fans in attendance. And to close out the season, on April 15th, uh, the last home game of the year against the Pacers, a, a Thomas Bryant bobblehead will, given, will be given out to the entire uh, fan base in attendance that night. Yeah, the Wizards weekends, it's an exciting slate of giveaways. I think make sure you come out. Head to Wizards, WashingtonWizards.com slash weekends. Uh, it'll be a good weekend to come back. Uh, Friday the 6th is also Pride Night, so make sure you check that out. Um, the Fanny Pack for the first 10,000 fans. The Rubik's Cube is awesome. We'll have plenty of t- plenty of promotions coming out. Our players have had some fun with these giveaways. Um, so, yeah, we'll see you at the arena when we get back from this West Coast trip. All right, Wizards fans, thanks for joining us today. We will check in again later next week.